0: Welcome back to Round 12, the podcast that will always be dedicated to growth, development and motivational mastery. I am your host, Sensei Roger B. Hamilton. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the Round 12 podcast series. Let's go get it. Principles of Communication. Before we dive into the text or to the audio this morning, You know this one may bore you. If you're not interested in trying to perfect your communication so that you are as thorough and as intricate as you can be, maybe you don't want to hear any of this. If you're not into being the best at what you do and communicating with others and listening to them communicate with you, then you may want to just step off. But effectively, if you are one of those people that really does try to do their best when they're communicating with others, Here are a few tips. Here's a few forward direction pieces that may give you some fill-in based on what I've learned in many different circumstances. Corporate America, being a sales executive and a top-notch one, if I may say so myself, and many different environments with many different people, many different diverse racial, uh, gender, personality Changes, all kinds of different people. It made a difference for me that I became effective at what I did, and I wound up doing that. So, I'm going to throw some things at you. You can keep the ones you think work for you or throw away the rest. But either way, let's get started on principles of communication.
1: I'm so, This is your victory. Now I know you didn't do this just to win an election. And I know you didn't do it for me. You did it because you understand the enormity of the task that lies ahead. But my main message is is uh, to the parents of uh, Trayvon Martin. Um, you know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. They had their entire lives ahead of them, birthdays, graduations, weddings, kids of their own. Among the fallen were also teachers, men and women who devoted their lives to helping our children fulfill their dreams. So our hearts are broken today. It's the idea held by generations of citizens who believe that America is a constant work in progress, who believe that loving this country requires, requires more than singing its praises or avoiding uncomfortable truths. It requires the occasional disruption, the willingness to speak out for what is right, to shake up the status quo. That's America. Z How sweet the sound that a wretch like me. Facts, evidence, reason, logic, an understanding of science, These are good things. These are qualities you want in people making policy. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Obama
0: Communication is a two-way process of giving and receiving information through any number of channels. Whether one is speaking informally to a colleague, addressing a conference or meeting, writing a newsletter article or formal report, the following basic principles apply. Know your audience. Know your purpose. Know your topic. Anticipate objections. Present a rounded picture achieve credibility with your audience follow through on what you say communicate a little at a time present information in several ways develop a practical useful way to get feedback use multiple communication techniques communication is complex when listening to or reading someone else's message we often filter what's being said through a screen of our own opinions. One of the major barriers to communication is our own ideas and opinions. There's an old communication game, telegraph, that's played in a circle. A message is whispered around from person to person. What the exercise usually proves is how profoundly the message changes as it passes through the distortion of each person's inner filter. Environmental factors. Communication can be influenced by environmental factors that have nothing to do with the content of the message. Some of these factors are the nature of the room, how warm it is, smoke, comfort of the chair, etc., outside distractions, what's going on in the area, the reputation, credibility of the speaker or writer the appearance style or authority of the speaker listeners education knowledge of the topic etc the language page layout and design design of the message people remember 10% of what they read 20% of what they hear 30% of what they see and 40% of what they hear and see Communication with decision, decision makers. Innovation and change often depends upon persuading potential users of the benefits of the innovation. To deal persuasively with decision makers, it is necessary to know and understand their interests and opinions. The following questions are helpful in organizing technology's transfer efforts. Who are the key people to persuade? Who will make the decision about innovation and change? What are these decision makers past experiences with innovation and change? What are the decision makers current attitudes toward innovation and change? Are they neutral, friendly, hostile or apathetic? What is the most appropriate way to approach the decision maker? What are the work styles of the decision makers? Are they highly formal people who want everything in writing and all appointments scheduled in advance? Or are they more flexible, responding favorably to personal telephone calls and informal meetings? What networks or groups is the decision maker a part of? What programs or services will the new innovation improve? What programs or services will the new innovation cause problems with? How will the innovation or change benefit the decision maker? Principles of effective persuasion. Whether making a formal presentation at a meeting or writing a report or fact sheet, the following principles hold. Do not oversell or overstate your case. Make effective use of understatement. Outline the topic you're trying to cover into two parts. The first part should give broad background information, while the second part provides detailed summary. Persuasion depends on clarity and simplicity. Avoid the use of jargon and buzzwords. Be prepared to back up claims or facts immediately. Incorporate major anticipated objections into your program or presentation. Address all relevant aspects of a topic, especially those that may affect the functioning of an organization. Use graphics and audio visuals appropriately. Consider ways to get meaningful input from people. Find out what they think about the innovation or change. Selling new ideas. Creating isn't selling. Often the creators of an innovation feel that convincing others of the idea's value is somehow superfluous to their activities. To them, conceiving the idea is enough. This combines with their inner conviction that their idea will sell itself. Change agents provide a link between creators of new techniques and users. Ideas need selling. Someone must recognize when an idea is good. It is important that when an idea is good, it is sold to those who can act on it, those who have the power to evaluate and adapt it. Understanding users is an important activity for any change agent. People must be convinced that a particular idea or innovation has enough merit to warrant adoption. Selling ideas takes effort. Selling innovations requires preparation, initiative, patience, and resourcefulness. It may take more effort than originating the idea. In an age of technical complexity and information overload, new ideas seldom stand out. Information on new ideas must be targeted to the appropriate users and relate to their needs and motivations. Once is not enough. A new idea has to be suggested many times before it will catch on. Initial failures at promoting a new idea are to be expected, so don't get discouraged if you don't get the results you want the first time. Some ideas take years to catch on. However, first exposures are crucial to future prospects. Do it right the first time. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Feedback. Listening. Getting and giving feedback is one of the most crucial parts of good communication. Like any other activity, there are specific skills that can enhance feedback. Listening is a key part of getting feedback. Listen to the complete message. Be patient. This is especially important when listening to a topic that provokes strong opinions or radically different points of view. In these situations, it's important not to prejudge the incoming message. Learn not to get too excited about a communication until you're certain of the message. Work at listening skills. Listening is hard work. Good listeners demonstrate interest and alertness. They indicate their eye contact through all their posture and facial expressions that the the occasion and the speaker's efforts are a matter of concern to them. Most good listeners provide speakers with clear and unambiguous feedback. It's been said that that's why we were given two ears and one mouth so we could listen twice as much as we talk. Judge the content, not the form of the message. Such things as the speaker's mode of dress, quality of voice, delivery mannerisms, and physical characteristics are often used as excuses for not listening. Direct your attention to the message what is being said, and away from the distracting elements. Weigh emotionally charged language. Emotionally charged language often stands in the way of effective listening. Filter out red flag words like liberal or conservative, for instance, and the emotions they call up. Specific suggestions for dealing with emotionally charged words include... Take time to identify those words that affect you emotionally. Attempt to analyze the words, their effect, and why they affect you the way they do. Work at trying to reduce the impact of these words on you. Eliminate distractions. Physical distractions and complications seriously impair listening. These distractions may may take many forms. Loud noises, stuffy rooms, overcrowded conditions, uncomfortable temperature, bad lighting, etc. Good listeners speak up if the room is too warm, too noisy, or too dark. There are also internal distractions. Worries about deadlines or problems of any type may make listening difficult. If you're distracted, make an effort to clear your head. If you can't manage it, arrange to communicate it some other time. Think efficiently and critically. On the average, we speak at a rate of 100 to 200 words per minute. However, we think at a much faster rate, anywhere from 400 to 600 words per minute. What do we do with this excess thinking time while listening to someone speak? One technique is to apply the spare time to analyzing what is being said. They critically review the material by asking the following kinds of questions. What is being said to support the speaker's point of view? Evidence, what evidence is there? What assumptions are being made by the speaker and the listener? What assumptions are being made? How does this information affect me? Can this material be organized more efficiently? What kind of structure can we adjust? Are there examples that would better illustrate what is being said? Build examples so you'll know. What are the main points of the message? Summary. Sending messages. Messages should be clear and accurate and sent in a way that encourages retention, not rejection. Use verbal feedback. Even if nonverbal is positive and frequent, everyone needs reassurance that they are reading nonverbal communication correctly, whether a smile means you're doing great, you're doing better than most beginners, or you'll catch on eventually. Focus feedback on behavior rather than on personality. It's better to comment on specific behavior than to characterize a pattern of behavior. For example, instead of calling a colleague inefficient, specify your complaint. You don't return phone calls. This causes problems both in and outside of your office. Focus feedback on description rather than judgment. Description tells what happened. Judgment evaluates what happened. For example, In evaluating a report, don't say, this is a lousy report. Instead, try, the report doesn't focus on the information that I think needs emphasis, or, this report seems to have a lot of grammatical or spelling mistakes. Make feedback specific rather than general. If feedback is specific, the receiver knows what activity to continue or change. When feedback is general, The receiver doesn't know what to do differently. For example, in an office situation, instead of saying these folders are not arranged correctly, it's better feedback to say these should be arranged chronologically instead of alphabetically. In giving feedback, consider the needs and abilities of the receiver. Give the amount of information the receiver can use and focus feedback on activities the receiver has control over. It's fruitless to criticize the level of activity if the decision to grant the necessary monies for materials, personnel, or technology is made at a different level. Check to see if the receiver heard what you meant to say. If the information is important enough to send, make sure the person understands it. One way of doing this is to say, I'm wondering if I said that clearly enough. What did you understand me to say? Or, this is what I hear you saying, is that right? Selecting the best communication method. In communicating with decision makers, use the most appropriate communications method. One way to do this is to ask yourself the following questions. What is the purpose of your message? Do you plan to tell them something new, inform, do you plan to change their view, persuade? What facts must be presented to achieve your desired effect? What action, if any, do you expect decision makers to take? What general ideas, opinions, or conclusions must be stressed? Are you thoroughly familiar with all the important information on the innovation? What resources and constraints affect adoption of the innovation? How much time is available? How much money is available? Which method or a combination of methods will work most effectively for this situation? Personal contact requires scheduling, time, and impersonal skills. Or interpersonal skills, as it were. Examples. Telephone contact requires good verbal skills and an awareness of voice tones as nonverbal communication. Letter contact requires writing skills where we keep the reader's perceptions in mind. Email informal contact needs to be short and to the point, but not get lost in clutter and may require frequent follow-up. Email formal contact needs to be focused, concise, edited for grammar and punctuation, and sent to only involved parties. Don't copy more recipients than necessary, and build the content that frequent follow-up is not necessary. News release contact requires writing skills and cooperation of the media and time. Oral communication speaking to communicate spoken communication occurs in many different settings during the course of successful innovation and change these may be divided into three main topics the formal and informal networks in which peers exchange information such as professional associations work units work teams etc the activities of change agents opinion leaders etc and the contacts established at team meetings, conferences, training courses, etc. Whether to use oral communication is a decision we all make frequently in the course of a workday. The change agent must be able to identify those situations in which oral communication is the most appropriate one to use. Don Kirkpatrick suggests the following guideline for making such a decision. Use oral communication when the receiver is not particularly interested in receiving the message. Oral communication provides more opportunity for getting and keeping interest and attention. It is important to get feedback. It is easier to get feedback by observing facial expressions and other nonverbal behavior and asking questions. Emotions are high. Oral communication provides more opportunity for both the sender and the receiver to let off steam, cool down, and create a suitable climate for understanding. The receiver is too busy or preoccupied to read. Oral communication provides more opportunity to get attention. The sender wants to persuade or convince. Oral communication provides more flexibility, opportunity for emphasis, chance to listen an opportunity to remove resistance and change attitudes. When discussion is needed, a complicated subject frequently requires discussion to be sure of understanding. When criticism of the receiver is involved, oral communication provides more opportunity to accomplish this without arousing resentment. Also, Oral communication is less threatening because it isn't formalized in writing when the receiver prefers one-on-one contact. Visual communication. There's an old saying that a picture is worth a thousand words. Life would indeed be difficult without paintings, photographs, diagrams, charts, drawings, and graphic symbols. These are some of the reasons why showing is such an important form of communication. Most people understand things better when they have seen how they work. Involved, complex ideas can be presented clearly and quickly using visual aids. People retain information longer when it is presented to them visually. Visuals can be used to communicate to a wide range of people with differing backgrounds. Visuals are useful when trying to condense information into a short time period. Visual aids used imaginatively and appropriately will help your audience remember more. Consider the following. People think in terms of images, not words, so visuals help them retain and recall technical information. Visuals attract and hold the attention of the observer. Visuals simplify technical information. Visuals may be useful in presenting technical information to a non-technical audience. Written communication. Written materials often bear the greatest burden for the communication of new ideas and procedures. Effective writing is the product of long hours of preparation, revision, and organization. One book that follows its own rules is Strunk and White's Elements of Style* a short book which argues persuasively for clarity, accuracy, and brevity in the use of English. Its entire philosophy is contained in one paragraph. Vigorous writing is a concise, a sentence should contain no unnecessary words, a paragraph no unnecessary sentences, for the same reasons that a drawing should have no unnecessary lines and a machine no unnecessary parts. This requires not that the writer make all his sentences short or that he avoid all detail and treat his subjects only in outline, but that every word tell. Clear, vigorous writing is a product of clear, vigorous thinking. Clarity is born of discipline and imagination. Kirkpatrick gives the following guidelines for using written communication. Use written communication when the sender wants a record of future references, the receiver will be referring to it later, the message is complex and requires study by the receiver. The message includes a step-by-step procedure. Oral communication is not possible because people are not in the same place at the same time. There are many receivers, caution, The receivers must be interested in the subject and will put forth the time and effort to read and understand. It is cheaper. Caution, the same as the above. A copy of the message should go to another person. The receiver prefers written. Advantages of written materials. Highly technical topics can be presented using words and diagrams. Written material provides a permanent record that can be referred to from time to time or passed on to others. Written material can be duplicated in large quantities or distributed on the internet inexpensively. It is fairly easy to distribute written material to many people, but this practice is getting increasingly expensive and its effectiveness questionable. Written material is preferred, when it is desirable to get the same information to a group of people. Written records and reports are sometimes useful in legal matters. Written material may be useful for documenting the success or progress of some project or activity. Disadvantages of written material. People seldom take the time and effort to read technical materials. The preparation of written documents is time consuming. Once prepared in large quantities, printed documents are difficult to change. Written material provides little feedback for the sender. Technical documents are often too long and complex for the majority of readers. A portion of the population may not be able to read written material. Too much reliance on written material as a communication method may obscure the true needs of potential users. So there it is. Not only am I a proponent of telling my family how I feel and communicating to my colleagues at work effectively, but it has become important for me to professionalize how I get the job done, how I use my sense of reasoning and determine what works best, then follow up accordingly. Sometimes in the process, you get great result and love what you hear. However, other times, you may not like the feedback you get and you could lose the sale. In the final analysis though, you are better off being prepared and a clear thinker than not. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of round 12. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. May the worst days of your future be like the best days of your past and may you continue to answer life's bell every time until we meet again time.